Section twenty of the Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume Eight. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Sylvia M. B. in Washington State. The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume Eight by Anonymous. Translated by Richard Francis Burton, eighteen twenty one through eighteen ninety. Section twenty. When it was the eight hundred and thirty-eighth night, she pursued, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that when Khalifa the fisherman and the caliph hauled that net ashore, they found it full of fish of all kinds. And Khalifa said to al-Rashid, By Allah, O piper, thou art foul of favour, but, an thou apply thyself to fishing, thou wilt make a mighty fine fisherman. But now twere best thou bestraddle thine ass, and make for the market, and fetch me a pair of frails. And I will look after the fish till thou return, when I and thou will load it on thine ass's back. I have scales and weights and all we want, so we can take them with us, and thou wilt have nothing to do but to hold the scales and pouch the price, for here we have fish worth twenty dinars, so be fast with the frails and loiter not. Answered the caliph, I hear and obey, and mounting, left him with his fish, and spurred his mule in high good humour, and ceased not laughing over his adventures with the fisherman, till he came up to Jafar, who said to him, o commander of the faithful be like when thou wentest down to drink thou foundest a pleasant flower-garden and interest and took thy pleasure therein alone at this al-rashid fell a-laughing again and all the barmecides rose and kissed the ground before him saying o commander of the faithful allah make joy to endure for thee and do away annoy from thee what was the cause of thy delaying when thou farest to drink and what hath befallen thee quoth the caliph verily a right wondrous tale and a joyous adventure and a wondrous hath befallen me and he repeated to them what had passed between himself and the fisherman and his words thou stolest my clothes and how he had given him his gown and how he had cut off a part of it finding it too long for him said jafar by allah o commander of the faithful i had in mind to beg the gown of thee but now i will go straight to the fisherman and buy it of him the caliph replied by allah he hath cut off a third part of the skirt and spoilt it but o jafar i am tired with fishing in the river for i have caught great store of fish which i left on the bank with my master khalifa and he is watching them and waiting for me to return to him with a couple of frails and a machete then we are to go i and he to the market and sell the fish and share the price jafar rejoined o commander of the faithful i will bring you a purchaser for your fish and al-rashid retorted o jafar by the virtue of my holy forefathers whoso bringeth me one of the fish that are before khalifa who taught me angling i will give him for it a gold dinar so the crier proclaimed among the troops that they should go forth and buy fish for the caliph and they all rose and made for the riverside now while khalifa was expecting the caliph's return with the two frails behold the mamelukes swooped down upon him like vultures and took the fish and wrapped them in gold embroidered kerchiefs beating one another in their eagerness to get at the fisherman whereupon quoth khalifa doubtless these are of the fish of paradise and hending two fish in right hand and left plunged into the water up to his neck and fell a saying o allah by the virtue of these fish let thy servant the piper my partner come to me at this very moment and suddenly up to him came a black slave which was the chief of the caliph's negro eunuchs he had tarried behind the rest by reason of his horse having stopped to make water by the way and finding that naught remained of the fish, little or much, looked right and left till he espied Khalifa standing in the stream, with a fish in either hand, and said to him, 
Come hither, O fisherman. But Khalifa replied, Be gone, and none of your impudence. So the eunuch went up to him and said, Give me the fish, and I will pay thee their price. Replied the fisherman, Art thou little of wit? I will not sell them. Therewith the eunuch drew his mace upon him, and Khalifa cried out, saying, Strike not, O loon, better largesse than mace. So saying, he threw the two fishes to the eunuch, who took them and laid them in his kerchief. Then he put hand in pouch, but found not a single dirham, and said to Khalifa, O fisherman, verily thou art out of luck, for by Allah I have not a silver about me. But come to-morrow to the palace of the caliphate, and ask for the eunuch Sandal, whereupon the castrajos will direct thee to me, and by coming thither thou shalt get what falleth to thy lot, and therewith wend thy ways. Quoteth Khalifa, Indeed this is a blessed day, and its blessedness was manifest from the first of it. Then he shouldered his net, and returned to Baghdad. And as he passed through the streets, the folk saw the caliph's gown on him, and stared at him till he came to the gate of his quarter, by which was the shop of the caliph's tailor. When the man saw him wearing a dress of the apparel of the caliph, worth a thousand dinars, he said to him, O Khalifa, whence hadst thou that gown? Replied the fisherman, What aileth thee to be impudent? I had it of one whom I taught to fish, and who has become my apprentice. I forgave him the cutting off of his hand, for that he stole my clothes, and gave me this cape in their place. So the tailor knew that the caliph had come upon him as he was fishing, and jested with him in giving him the gown. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased saying her permitted say. When it was the eight hundred and thirty-ninth night, she resumed, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that the caliph came upon Khalifa the fisherman, and gave him his own gown in jest, wherewith the man fared home. Such was his case, but as regards Harun al-Rashid, he had gone out a-hunting and a-fishing, only to divert his thoughts from the damsel Kut al-Kalub. But when Zubaydah heard of her, and of the caliph's devotion to her, the lady was fired with jealousy, which the more especially fireth women, so that she refused meat and drink, and rejected the delights of sleep, and awaited the caliph's going forth on a journey, or what not, that she might set a snare for the damsel. So when she learnt that he was gone hunting and fishing, she bade her women furnish the palace fairly, and decorate it splendidly, and serve up viands and confections and amongst the rest she made a china dish of the daintiest sweetmeats that can be made, wherein she had put bang. Then she ordered one of her eunuchs to go to the damsel Kut al-Kulub, and bid her to the banquet, saying, The lady Zubaydah bint al-Kasim, the wife of the commander of the faithful, hath drunken medicine to-day, and, having heard tell of the sweetness of thy singing, longeth to divert herself somewhat of thine art. Kut al-Kulub replied, Hearing and obedience are due to Allah, and the lady Zubaydah, and rose without stay or delay, unknowing what was hidden for her in the secret purpose. Then she took with her what instruments she needed, and accompanying the eunuch, ceased not faring till she stood in the presence of the princess. When she entered, she kissed ground before her, again and again. Then rising to her feet, said, Peace be on the lady of the exalted seat, and the presence whereto none may avail, daughter of the house of Abbasi, and scion of the prophet's family. May Allah fulfill thee of peace and prosperity in the days and the years. Then she stood with the rest of the women and eunuchs. And presently the lady Zubaydah raised her eyes and considered her beauty and loveliness. She saw a damsel with cheeks smooth as rose, and breasts like granado, a face moon-bright, a brow flower-white, and great eyes black as night. Her eyelids were languor-dight, and her face beamed with light as if the sun from her forehead arose, and the murks of the night from the locks of her brow. 
and the fragrance of musk from her breath strayed and flowers bloomed in her lovely face inlaid the moon beamed from her forehead and in her slender shape the branches swayed she was like the full moon shining in the nightly shade her eyes wantoned her eyebrows were like a bow arched and her lips of coral moulded her beauty amazed all who espied her and her glances amated all who eyed her glory be to him who formed her and fashioned her and perfected her brief she was even as saith the poet of one who favoured her when she's incensed thou seest folk like slain and when she's pleased their souls are quick again her eyne are armed with glances magical wherewith she kills and quickens as she's fain the worlds she leadeth captive with her eyes as though the worlds were all her slavish train quoth the lady zubaydah welcome and welcome and fair cheer to thee o kut al-kalub sit and diverse us with thine art and the goodliness of thine accomplishments quoth the damsel i hear and i obey and putting out her hand took the tambourine whereof one of its praisers speaketh in the following verses o thou o the tabret my heart takes flight and love smit cries while thy fingers smite thou takest naught but a wounded heart the while for acceptance longs the white so say thou word or heavy or light play whate'er thou please it will charm the sprite sois bon unveil thy cheek ma belle rise deftly dance in all hearts delight then she smote the tambourine briskly and so sang thereto that she stopped the birds in the sky and the place danced with them blithely after which she laid down the tambourine and took the pipe whereof it is said she hath eyes whose babes with their fingers sign to sweet tunes without a discordant line and as the poet also said in this couplet and whence she announceth the will to sing for union joy tis a time divine then she laid down the pipe after she had charmed therewith all who were present and took up the lute whereof saith the poet how many a blooming bough in glee girl's hand is fain as lute to witch great souls by charm of cunning strain she sweeps tormenting lute-strings by her artful touch with finger-tips that surely chain with endless chain then she tightened its pegs and tuned its strings and laying it in her lap bended over it as mother bendeth over child and it seemed as it were of her and her lute that the poet spoke in these couplets sweetly discourses she on persian string and unintelligence makes understand and teaches she that loves a murtherer who oft the reasoning muslim hath unmanned a maid by allah in whose palm of thing of painted wood like mouth can speech command with lute she stauncheth flow of love and so stops flow of blood the cunning leech's hand then she preluded in fourteen different modes and sang to the lute an entire piece so as to confound the gazers and delight her hearers after which she recited these two couplets the coming unto thee is blessed therein new joys for i attend its blisses are continuous its blessings never end and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased to say her permitted say when it was the eight hundred and fortieth night she said it hath reached me o auspicious king that the maiden kut al kalub after singing these songs and sweeping the strings in presence of the lady zubidah rose and exhibited tricks of sleight of hand and ledger domain and all manner of pleasing arts till the princess came near to fall in love with her and said to herself verily my cousin al-rashid is not to blame for loving her then the damsel kissed ground before zubaydah and sat down 
whereupon they set food before her. Presently they brought her the drugged dish of sweetmeats, and she ate thereof, and hardly had it settled in her stomach when her head fell backward and she sank on the ground, sleeping. With this the lady said to her women, Carry her up to one of the chambers till I summon her. And they replied, We hear and we obey. Then said she to one of her eunuchs, Fashion me a chest and bring it hitherto to me. And shortly afterwards she bade make the semblance of a tomb, and spread the report that Kut al-Kalub had choked and died, threatening her familiars that she would smite the neck of whoever should say, She is alive. Now, behold, the caliph suddenly returned from the chase, and the first inquiry he made was for the damsel. So there came to him one of his eunuchs, whom the lady Zubaydah had charged to declare she was dead, if the caliph should ask for her, and, kissing crown before him, said, May thy head live, O my lord, be certified that Kut al-Kalub choked in eating and is dead. Whereupon cried al-Rashid, God never gladden thee with good news, O thou bad slave, and entered the palace, where he heard of her death from every one, and asked, Where is her tomb? So they brought him to the sepulchre, and showed him the pretended tomb, saying, This is her burial place. When he saw it, he cried out, and wept, and embraced it, quoting these two couplets. By Allah, O tomb, have her beauty seized and disappeared from sight, and is the countenance changed and wan that shone so wonder-bright? O tomb, O tomb, thou art neither heaven nor garden, verily, how comes it then that swain branch and moon in thee unite? The caliph, weeping sore for her, abode by the tomb a full hour, after which he arose and went away, in the utmost distress and the deepest melancholy. So the lady Zubaydah saw that her plot had succeeded, and forthright sent for the eunuch, and said, Hither with the chest. He set it before her, when she bade bring the damsel, and locking her up therein, said to the eunuch, Take all pains to sell this chest, and make it a condition with the purchaser that he buy it locked, then give alms with its price. So he took it, and went forth to do her bidding. Thus fared it with these, but as for Khalifa the fisherman, when morning morrowed, and shone with its light and sheen, he said to himself, I cannot do aught better to-day than visit the eunuch who bought the fish of me, for he appointed me to come to him in the palace of the caliphate. So he went forth of his lodging, intending for the palace, and when he came thither, he found mamelukes, negro slaves, and eunuchs standing and sitting, and looking at them, behold, seated amongst them was the eunuch who had taken the fish of him, with the white slaves waiting on him. Presently one of the mameluke lads called out to him, whereupon the eunuch turned to see who he was, and, lo, it was the fisherman. Now, when Khalifa was ware that he saw him and recognized him, he said to him, I have not failed thee, O my little tulip, on this wise are men of their word. Hearing his address, Sandal the eunuch laughed and replied, By Allah, thou art right, O fisherman, and put his hand to his pouch to give him somewhat. But at that moment there arose a great clamor, so he raised his head to see what was to do, and finding that it was the wazir Jafar, the barmecide, coming forth from the caliph's presence. He rose to him and forewent him, and they walked about conversing for a longsome time. Khalifa the fisherman waited a while, then growing weary of standing, and finding that the eunuch took no heed of him, he set himself in his way, and beckoned to him from afar, saying, O my lord Tulip, give me my due and let me go. The eunuch heard him, but was ashamed to answer him because of the minister's presence. So he went on talking with Jafar, and took no notice whatever of the fisherman. Whereupon quoth Khalifa, 
oh slow o pay may allah put to shame all churls and all who take folk's goods and are niggardly with them i put myself under thy protection o my lord Branbelly, to give me my due and let me go the eunuch heard him but was ashamed to answer him before jafar and the minister saw the fisherman beckoning and talking to him though he knew not what he was saying so he said to sandal misliking his behaviour o eunuch what would yonder beggar with thee sandal replied dost thou not know him o my lord the wazir and jafar answered by allah i know him not how should i know a man i have never seen but at this moment rejoined the eunuch o my lord this is a fisherman whose fish we seized on the banks of the tigris i came too late to get any and was ashamed to return to the prince of true believers empty-handed when all the mamelukes had some presently i espied the fisherman standing in midstream calling on allah with four fishes in his hands and said to him give me what thou hast there and take their worth he handed me the fish and i put my hand into my pocket purposing to gift him with somewhat but found naught therein and said come to me in the palace and i will give thee wherewithal to aid thee in thy poverty so he came to me to-day and i was putting hand to pouch that i might give him somewhat when thou camest forth and i rose to wait on thee and was diverted with thee from him till he grew tired of waiting and this is the whole story how he cometh to be standing here and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased saying her permitted say end of section twenty recorded by sylvia m b in washington state